Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing the fourth in a series of Beef Watch podcasts that were held in the month of January, focused around calving and calving management. Today's Beef Watch podcast is from the January 26th Beef Watch webinar titled Cow Nutrition Needs at Calving and in Early Lactation. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the presenter, Troy Walls, who's a Nebraska Extension educator based in Custer County. Thanks for joining me today, Troy. No problem. It's a pleasure to be here to talk with you, Aaron. Troy, the focus of your presentation was really around understanding what's happening with a cow's nutrient requirements in that last trimester and also that time between calving and breeding. In the presentation, you focused on understanding how cow nutrition needs change and also some management practices that producers can use to help provide the best opportunity for that cow to be successful. Share with us some of the principles that you shared in the webinar and how you think those principles might be applied by producers in Nebraska. Yes, Aaron, you know, kind of as, as I thought about this, I thought about what a rancher cow producer needs to consider. And, and some of the things I came up with that they need to consider that beef cow or that growing heifers nutritional requirements they need to think about that production cycle, how those nutrient requirements change during that time. They need to know those stress periods on that cow or heifer that can result in nutrient deficiencies. And they need to supplement any nutritional shortages if they can. But we also need to realize that we can't always afford to meet that cow's requirements. And then I talked about ranch resources. You know your ranch what are your advantages or what are your shortcomings and utilize forage as much, much as possible. Then I also went more into monitoring your cow's condition and the direction their body condition is going, whether that's up or down or maintaining. And then also I thought about producers need to consider their management. How is their manage affecting that cow? And then how is their management of that cow affecting that calf? once that calf is on the ground. So those are the highlights that I really covered. And you just let me know which ones you want me to dig into a little bit more here, Aaron. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happening with cow nutrient requirements as we think about that production cycle. Specifically, let's talk about that last trimester and then what's happening after calving with milk production. What's going on with nutrient requirements for the cow during that period of time? So once we wean that calf, that cow has, does not have that lactation requirement anymore. That fetus is not very big. There's not a lot of fetal maintenance at that point. That, that fetus really starts growing that last 90 to 60 days of that production cycle. So if you're really wanting to put weight on cheap, do it right after weaning. And then once we get into that last 60 to 90 days, that fetus grows essentially 70%. So there's a lot of maintenance and energy that needs to go into that requirement at that time. So by the time we calve, we want to have that cow in a moderate condition to prepare her for calving and then for that breeding season. And like I said, that nutrient requirement really starts increasing with that fetal growth that last 60 to 90 days. And we do not want to have thin cows at calving. And once we're into that late gestation time, they probably need about 9 to 11 pounds of TDN per day. 
So that's kind of what we're looking at at that point. So I like producers to be thinking about what they want the body condition score of their cow to be at calving, and then be monitoring her condition from weaning on to meet that goal for them. As we think about what may be an adequate body condition, as you think about mature cows and you think about bred heifers, what might be a target that we ought to be thinking about to have those cows or bred heifers in at the time of calving? So for that mature cow, she doesn't have any more growing requirements. And we usually figure that cow to be mature at five years old. So we want her to be in a body condition score of five. That seems to be sufficient. She has enough fat cover, no problems with calving. And if we have a meeting her requirements after calving, she'll be ready to go on grass and be ready to breed. For that first calf heifer, she's definitely still growing. So she has that growing requirement. And we like to see our first calf heifers at a body condition score of six. And of course, with body condition scores, it's a nine point scale from one to nine, with one being the skinniest and nine the fattest. So for that first calf heifer, shoot for condition score of six. And for that second calf heifer, she, of course, she is also still growing. We like to see them at a body condition score of 5.5 calving. As we think about cow body condition score, especially for those two-year-olds, part of the value of having a little extra condition on them is, especially in that last 60 days prior to calving, that calf growth inside of them is happening very rapidly. They're still growing themselves. And also they're gonna be challenged a little bit just to be able to eat enough to meet their nutrient requirements to be able to even maintain conditions. So I guess give some perspective on the importance of understanding the quality of the feeds you have to make sure that it's energy and protein adequate to meet that cow's needs. Yes, Aaron, just like you said, that last three weeks, that first calf heifer, second calf heifer, that fetus is really growing and it's displacing what that cow can eat because she can't get as much in her rumen with that calf growing inside of her also. So her rumen capacity decreases by like 17%. So we need to feed that protein dense and energy dense diet. So we need to really consider that. So I just like to encourage people to maybe sort their first calf heifer, second calf heifers off from those mature cows because those younger cows do not compete quite as well. And then once we actually do get after calving, you know, those first calf heifers need like 62% TDN in their diet and 11 to 12% crude protein. So it really needs to be protein and energy dense for them. We want them to be ready to breed. And, and the other thing I might mention too is we're really expecting a lot of our cattle. They calve, then they have their peak lactation 60 days after calving. So they're recovering from calving, they're producing milk, and they're getting ready for breeding. Then we want them to breed in that first cycle. So we, if we have our cattle fed right, they have the ability to do that. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of cow body condition score and nutrient being delivered to that cow as we move into the last trimester and at calving on things that are gonna impact calf health. So uh, making sure that calf is vigorous, but also colostrum quality. How does cow body condition score and nutrient availability to the cow impact those things? So there's been some research done out of Colorado State, and essentially what they found was that the lower the body condition score of that cow, the less concentration of antibodies they found in the calf's 
blood serum when that calf was 24 hours old. So that just kind of tells us that how we're feeding our cow is going to have an effect on that calf and the calf's immune response. And I guess the important thing we need to think about here is that the antibodies are so large that they can't cross the placenta into that calf. So that calf's immune comes from colostrum. And if we have thin cows at calving, we might have calves that aren't vigorous. They don't get up and nurse as quick as they could. And that's going to affect the amount of colostrum they get because that calf's gut is pretty much closed off when that calf is 24 hours old from being able to absorb those antibodies. So we really need to consider that cow at calving. And the other thing we need to think about is if we have a thin cow at calving, she's not going to probably breathe back near as well either. So she has effects on her and also the effects on that calf. Let's talk a little about plane of nutrition and cow body condition score. What's happening with that between calving and breeding? What are some things we need to be aware of and pay attention to in that time frame? So once that cow is meat, has the peak lactation, it is really hard to put weight back on that cow. A lot of times if we're supplementing more energy, that's going to go to milk production. But there's research has shown, and there's a lot of research projects that show this, that as indicated, the cows breed back best on an increasing plane of nutrition. So if our cows are a little thinner than we like, before breeding season, if we can have that increasing plane of nutrition, the research has shown that we're going to get better preg rates. So if we have a March 1st calving cow and she's turned out onto grass second week of May and she has 20, 20 days or 30 days to be grazing that lush forage that's high in protein and energy, that's going to help our breeding pregnancy rates. As I think about cow body condition, you mentioned having cows in a body condition score five at calving. How about cows that are a little bit thinner? And you mentioned the importance of nutrition there to increase the plane of nutrition so we get a better reproductive response. I guess as we think about trying to hold cow body condition, is that adequate as well if we have cows that are in you know good shape at the time of calving? Yes, the research has shown that you get good preg rates if you're holding if cow's in good condition and you're maintaining that condition, you're going to get good preg rates also, yes. Troy, as we record this, the eastern two-thirds of the states just had a pretty good snowstorm and we've got some cold weather. How do weather conditions impact a cow's nutrient requirements, especially this time of year as we think about cows that are, you know, if we're calving March 1st, we're now in about the 30, 40 days prior to calving. What happens to a cow's nutrient requirements when we're looking at cold, wet conditions? You know, when we have these cold, wet conditions and we, if the wind's blowing and then there's mud, it can really increase the require, energy requirements for that cow. And also, I just wanted to mention that in these cold conditions, make sure the cows have enough water. If you need to go break ice, make sure they can get that water because if they do not have sufficient water, intake's going to go down. If their intake goes down, they're not consuming enough energy and they're using energy to stay warm and that can cause them to take away some of their reserves. But in this wet weather like this, kind of what the research has shown that for every degree below 59 degrees, energy is going to increase 2%. 
And then if you throw wind and mud in on that, that's going to just exacerbate that problem. Also, when we have storms like we've had, cattle are usually going to increase their intake right before the storm, ingest little during the storm, and then increase their intake after that storm. So if you're feeding like a cane hay and it has some nitrates in it, they can get an overload of nitrates. So I just always recommend people test their summer annual hay for nitrates. And if they're on a situation where they're grazing high quality pasture and we get a storm, you really have to be cautious after that storm because they can really increase their intake and have bloat problems. You also mentioned in the presentation as we think about cold, dry conditions, kind of that place where we start to see nutrient requirements jump up is around 30, 32 degrees. Same principles apply that uh, if we're in real cold, dry conditions, nutrient requirements increase as well? Yes. So when we have those dry, cold conditions that, like you said, 32 degrees is kind of that critical temperature. And for every degree below that, the cow's nutrient or energy requirements is going to increase 1% for each degree below that 32 degrees. So we have to consider that also. And the more condition that cow has going into winter, that fat is going to act as insulation for that animal. Troy, anything else you think would be good for producers to know and think about as it relates to cow nutrient requirements right prior to and after calving? So one thing I just might mention, Aaron, is when we think about those higher milking older cows and we're getting ready to turn them out onto lush, cool season grasses, whether it's a winter annual we've had planted like rye or if we're just turning into some cool season grass in the spring, we need to think about grass tetany and it's caused by a low blood magnesium. And like I said, we need to think about those heavy milking older cows because they're the ones that are primarily affected. So you need to maybe start supplementing magnesium at least 30 to 45 days ahead of that period of tetany danger. Feed a high mag mineral, which is usually 10 to 13% magnesium and shoot for three to four ounce intake per day on that and feed it until that cool season grass has started to elongate and that time of tetany danger is over. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Troy. Yes, you're welcome, Aaron. Thank you for the opportunity. But for more information on the podcast that was discussed today and the focus around understanding cow nutrient requirements right prior to and after the time of calving, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, this podcast references a webinar that was presented on January 26th that focused on cow nutrient requirements right prior to and after calving. Now, the recording is available, and you can go and download and view it at the beef.unl.edu website.